to another week here on MWO Sports. I'm Ryan Drury. I will be joined, as always, by Steve Sabrin and Chris Clark. Uh, a somber week here as our CKNX family and the hockey family locally here and many friends lost a great one in our friend Bill Brown. We will celebrate Bill's life tonight with our friends Warren Reichel, the former NHLer and general manager of the Windsor Spitfires, who Bill worked under. We will also chat with one of his former players, Aaron Armstrong, uh, formerly of the Wingham Ironman. And we will chat with Bill's great lifelong friend, Louis Livingston, as well. You're listening to and watching MWO Sports brought to you by CoolBet.co. This is MWO Sports. Welcome back to MWO Sports, brought to you by CoolBet.co. Ryan Dre alongside Steve Sabrin and Chris Clark. Obviously, lots of news to dig into in the sports world, but uh, we set that aside this week. Uh, the CKNX family lost uh, a really great friend, and we take this show and this opportunity to celebrate the life and times of a local sports legend and friend to many. Bill Brown. Uh, we are very pleased to be joined by Warren Reichel, former NHLer, former Toronto Maple Leaf, and of course, former general manager of the Windsor Spitfires, where Brownie did a lot of heavy lifting in terms of scouting for multiple Memorial Cup champions. Warren, how are you this evening? Hey, gentlemen, how are you? Uh, great to see you, but obviously uh, heavy hearts in this time, but uh, great to get, at, get on this show and talk to you guys and talk about it. A fine gentleman, uh, Bill Brown, that's for sure. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, Warren, you obviously had a lot of interaction with Bill over the years. And uh, like I mentioned, he was a, a big part in terms of scouting players for a multiple Memorial Cup champion juggernaut in Windsor that you oversaw. Just take us through some of your favorite memories, interactions, you know, times working with Brownie and talking about the game that he loves so much. Well, you know, Brownie's great, and I mean, uh, I think I came in and, you know, I, I just uh, bought the team, and, you know, I was I was really, we had Bob Bougainer and myself, we had a really good staff, but, you know, Brownie challenged me a lot, and I mean, we had some really good players, and arguably, um, you know, the best world, the best team in the history of junior hockey is the 2010 Windsor Spitfires, obviously, Fowler, Ellis, Hall, Henrique, it was a special team. And I remember like the biggest thing about Brownie was we always talk about players, you know, we get after the games. The thing that people got to remember when you scout widget hockey, you're watching eight, nine, 10 games a day. Then you go maybe have a beer or two and a steak and, and talk about it. But Brownie really challenged me and he really had an inner eye uh, on guys. And I really saw, the love of the game that he gave to me and I really could drill down on those guys with them. And we really had some good, good hockey players come through and Brownie was a big part of it. And Terry Dorn and myself, you know, I was more kind of a gung ho kind of guy. You know what I mean? I was always the guy, go, go, go and Brownie. And, uh, that was his personality too, but Brownie and Terry Dorn always, we always got to see get the right guy. And, uh, Bill Brown was the best. You know, every time, you know, I saw him, whether it be a restaurant at breakfast, having a coffee, or at our fourth game a day, he was a special guy, and it really rubbed off on everybody. That's for sure. 
Uh, Warren, there's a lot of intricacies that uh, fans wouldn't see when it comes to scouting. Um, what type of things did Bill Brown bring to the table as a scout um, that was able to pick these players up and, and help put together the big team? That's a great question. That's a very good question because, you know, before he used to be just look at the player, but Bill Brown always found a way to find out about the family, whether it was a family from uh, Northern Ontario, North Bay, or family from Simcoe, or a family from Ottawa. He would always know uh, the characters, characters, characteristics that uh, the kid had. And um, you know what I mean? He was really on it. He knew a lot of know the inside stuff. And that really meant a lot because uh, as a junior operator or a general manager, uh, you're going to spend four years with this boy, and it's very important that the kid is a good boy, and he comes in, he wants to be part of the community, and he wants to be part of the team. So uh, that was huge for us. Bill seemed to always find the extra little thing, whether it be personal, whether it be about a family, or from his old Bantam coach, for example, he would find those things that would truly make a difference. Warren, I, I want to ask you a little bit about, you know, some of the things that obviously made Brownie so unique within the game of hockey. I mean, he kind of did everything. I mean, in my time knowing him, he's played multiple roles. He's coached so many junior teams, so many great players in this area. And then, of course, scouting and being a general manager as well for a junior C team here that was very successful. I mean, it's rare that you're able to get a guy that can kind of play all those different roles because so many different things go into those different roles how unique was it to be with somebody like that that could not only offer you insight into scouting but also probably give some insight into coaching the game as well 100 he could like think about brownie he had all those hats he wore different hats as you, as you just mentioned and i i think when he looked at a player he could see where the kid was coming from whether he was struggling to as a young kid or had pressure from the coach. Brownie really saw all the different, uh, he saw the good and the bad in players and what needed to be done. He gave me a lot of advice uh, during those times. And, uh, you know, he could really understand what a kid was going through. And as a player, um, it's, it's really different, excuse me, as a scout, as a coach, it's, it's two different things. So if you scout a kid, you think the player's really, really good. The coach might not like it, but he kind of brought that together. And uh, for Bob Boogner and myself, he was a pretty good guy that would actually be right in the middle of that. And he brings things up in meetings. And that's one thing I always did when we were, you know, one of the best clubs in uh, in the history of junior hockey. I always brought Brownie in for meetings. And we talked, we had fun. And, you know, Brownie could stay up all night and definitely talk about hockey. But Brownie himself, uh, had so many things, but I think the big thing to take away is that he really challenged everyone in our staff and, and made it real, real good for sure. Uh, Warren, looking at uh, some of the players that Bill was able to bring in and we're kind of concentrating on the, I guess, the the hockey capability of, of Bill Brown, and it, which was only just part of, of him as a person. But if you were to pick one player that Brownie scouted, what would you say was, I guess, the best pick of the crop? Oh, geez. I think it's a tie. I don't, I don't know. I mean, because I used to bring Brownie across from Detroit, too. I, I used to 
So as a lot of people know, like there's area scouts, you know, people do their areas. But I used to bring Brownie into, uh, into Detroit and watch the, uh, the midgets in Detroit. So I never always wanted my kids, my scouts to have one specific, specific area. I want to see all the players so we can argue about them, but Oh geez. I don't know. Brownie. I would say probably, geez, probably Ryan Ellis would probably be, would come to mind for sure. And he was, uh, you know, 20 teams in the OHL passed on, which is, which is crazy, which is crazy. Probably him and, uh, um, you know, Adam Henry too. So those two guys were great second round picks in the OHL, but so many more guys, though. I can't mention one guy, but he had a lot of, uh, influence on guys in later rounds too. But I would say probably those two guys, uh, for sure. Henry Canellas for sure. Warren, as a, others, by the way, as, as we all know. For sure. Warren, as a scout, you obviously have to be convincing and you have to really get your message across. What was his style? Well, how, how did, how did Bill get that message across and convince you guys that uh, he saw good things in players? Geez, you're asking good questions. So for me, like I'm a, I'm a different guy and I, everyone knows that, but, he had to get my attention one way or the other. You know, he talked about player odds, number nine, yeah, whatever, whatever. But I will tell you, he go, no, no, you better watch. And obviously Bill was older than I was, and he got my attention like my father would. And better watch this guy. You know, he's good. And uh, we challenge each other all the time, but when he had to say something today, we had to pay more attention to this guy. And, and meaning that I he could tell that I necessarily didn't feel he was as good as player as uh, he did. So we had a lot of good times, a lot of confrontations, but it's real good though. We really did well, and uh, those uh, teams are special. Absolutely, Warren. He was certainly a really special guy. I I know I'm gonna miss talking about the game with him a lot. He always had interesting thoughts and, and even, you know, different thoughts on, on broadcasting as well, which is, you know, kind of where we came in and he always had, had thoughts on, you know, how we could improve or how we could go about things differently. He, he just had so many thoughts about the game of hockey, but take us away from the rink uh, for a minute, Warren, what are some of your favorite memories, maybe away from the game with, with Brownie that, that you got to experience with him? Uh, I know Brownie loved coming to Windsor, and uh, one thing I learned from Cliff Fletcher, obviously all you guys know, uh, Cliff Fletcher was a, the greatest, uh, one of the greatest GMs of all time, and he taught me in Toronto uh, when I worked for Phoenix. He was my GM in Toronto when I was a player, and he was my uh, uh, boss in Phoenix when I started there, and he always said, you got to take care of the scouts, and uh, the most important thing, these guys, uh, run ragged hours or look for players there for your benefit. And Brownie always loved coming to Windsor and we used to go to a Italian restaurant and Brownie just let it fly. And, uh, like many guys, we had some great guys. We had Brian Tico, we had, uh, Rob Smith, uh, great guys, Bob and myself. We just let it fly at the local restaurant and really hacked things up. And that was the big thing. And, you know, Brownie worked hard and played hard and, I totally respect the, uh, his opinion on everything, and boy, we had some good times. And even at Toronto Airport Marriott, as everyone knows, all the minor major tournaments were at uh, 
the airport in Toronto, and uh, we had some good, good times there at the keg and just having a nice glass of wine and talking about hockey, and uh, that was the best. Just my best memory, obviously, just spending time with him uh, was special, and he was a great guy, and I'm very, very glad uh, uh, I could call him my friend. I certainly think you speak for uh, all of us there, Warren. Warren Reichel, uh, longtime NHLer, former general manager of the multiple Memorial Cup winning Windsor Spitfires, who Brownie, of course, scouted for, also scouted for the Ottawa 67s in the OHL as well. Warren, we really appreciate you doing this. Thank you so much. Guys, uh, you know, can't say enough uh, about having me on. I want to say that uh, Bill was a special person and uh, obviously two beautiful daughters and uh, many friends, many friends here that uh, uh, we're going to all remember and uh, hope everyone's safe during this uh, lousy time and uh, we get past this and uh, we move on. But thanks for having me on, guys. Hockey's a special place in my heart and Bill Brown's a special place and uh, wish you guys all the best. A sincere best wishes to you guys. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Warren. Right back back at you. All right, we'll take a quick commercial break and we will come back and continue to celebrate the life and times of our friend Bill Brown with one of his former players with the very successful Wingham Ironman franchise. Aaron Armstrong will join us next here on MWO Sports brought to you by CoolBet.co. This is MWO Sports. Welcome back to MWO Sports, brought to you by CoolBet.co. Ryan Drury still alongside Steve Sabrin and Chris Clark as we continue to celebrate the life and times of our good friend and the friend of so many, Bill Brown. We are very pleased to be joined by one of Brownie's uh, former players with the Wingham Ironman, that great team from that 2014 run. Aaron Armstrong joins us now. Aaron, how are you, buddy? Good. Thanks a lot for having me on, uh, Ryan. It's great to be with you guys. Absolutely. It's great to have you. And uh, we knew when we unfortunately heard of Bill's passing that you were one of the first guys we thought of to have on the show. Uh, You had so many great memories and interactions uh, with Brownie uh, away from the rink, but of course on the rink as well with an extremely successful run uh, ending in Essex in 2014. Everybody in the area remembers it and how great that Ironman team was. We we just heard a little bit from Warren Reichel about what Brownie was like as a scout and what it was like to work with him in that respect. For you as a former player of Brownie's, what was he like as a coach and, and how did he push you guys to be the very best you could be? Yeah, Brownie was, he was a, a great coach to play for. And I mean, that's maybe sounds cliche or whatnot, but I think the biggest thing is uh, when you're playing junior hockey or, you know, any level of hockey, you want to show up to the rink and have fun and and build a relationship with your coach. And, uh, and Bill's personality allowed you to really uh, build a relationship with them. And you always knew where you stood um, with them and, and, and I think communication as a coach is one of the most important factors. And, and Brownie always was communicating, um, you know, and he was always finding different ways to, to motivate you and, and clever ways and, and different things. And, but always did it with a, kind of a lighthearted uh, spirit to it. So it was, uh, yeah, he was, he was honestly, I think just so many laughs when I think of Bill and just how much fun he had uh, at the rink, uh, you know? So I think he definitely made, coming to the arena a lot of fun 
It sort of sounds like you would describe him as a player's coach. Was he a guy that uh, that a lot of the players really really enjoyed playing for? Yeah, yeah, I would I would say so, uh, Chris. I think he he really found a way to kind of earn. Uh, you, you always knew that um, even if it necessarily wasn't the easiest to hear, you knew that he had your best best interest in mind. Uh, you know, and and that was kind of his goal. Whether he was pushing guys to get the most out of them, or he was just encouraging guys after a tough, a tough, uh, tough night, you know, if uh, you didn't have a, a great game, he was right there to pick you up. But, uh, but he also, uh, always pushed you to get to, to be the best that you could be. And, and again, I think, yeah, you, you nailed it that he, he found a way to connect with his players and then that earned the buy-in and the trust and the belief, uh, to get the, yeah, to want to play for him. Aaron, one of the things about that team, uh, we are family was the big model, uh, going into the year and into that playoff run. Um, was Brownie looked upon as, uh, you know, maybe a big brother, maybe a little bit of a father figure, um, to maybe help the guys along, uh, away from the rink as well. Yeah, I, I think, uh, the neat part about that, that, that season, um, was how how quick it kind of all came together. Uh, was when Louie and Brownie and Joel uh, kind of all took on the the coaching uh, responsibilities. There, um, it was in the summertime, and and they just put together uh, just a pretty neat staff there, where um, everyone just really bonded together. And 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 then in terms of kind of the the fellowship that the three of them had and, and then the way that we looked up, looked up to those guys was, you know, each, each was unique in the way that they um, communicated in, in each relationship you had with them. So I would say away from the rink that uh, you could kind of go to either, either one of them for, for a different uh, kind of pickup or, or whatever you, you needed. And so um, I think Brownie's role in that was, um, you know, you could always go, go to him to kind of talk to him about whatever. And, and, uh, and that was the same, same with the other guys, but I think all three of them that year were, were definitely, or just who they are as people really approachable. Um, definitely understand that, you know, hockey was important, but it was never the, the most important. So I think they, they always had that balance in mind, which, which made them, uh, yeah, just really good role models and, and figures to look up to Steve. I, I would say that's, uh, that's real accurate. And I, and I know that a lot of your former teammates and other players that played under Brownie would certainly agree. And I'm glad you referenced Louie, uh, Louie Livingston, who will also join us on this program to talk about his friend, Bill uh, army. I, I want to know a little bit about what your relationship was like, you know, as a player directly with Bill, because I mean, you're about as humble as they come, but you're probably the best junior C player I ever saw. And you had an unbelievable year that season. Um, you, you know, you were a superstar on that team. What was it like, you know, in terms of him dealing with you and, and coaching you when, you know, you had all the tools in the toolbox, how unique of a relationship was that like for you to have leading that team, not only in scoring, but just in how they played as well. What was that dynamic like in terms of Bill coaching you? Yeah. You know, I think Bill has such a great reputation uh, with his hockey knowledge and his, and his history and, and with what he did scouting in the OHL and the level that he was coming at from before. So I think he had the respect of all the guys in the room 
for his hockey knowledge and uh, you know his hockey sense and 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 his tactical uh, elements of the game. Um, and so, in terms of my relationship with with Bill, is I think it was similar to all the players that we were all in it for the same reason, um, which was which was you know to to build something special as a group and. And like I said, it's the hard. The big thing for me is it's hard to believe that 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 uh, you know that group was really only together for one year. When when Brownie and Louie and Joel and them they they came in and and um, and with Rob leading it and, and Bill Brophy and I mean it just is a testament I think to when people um, have one goal in mind. And so I think you surround yourself with a, a group of really good people there with the coaches and the executive and the management staff. And then you have some, just some really, you know, awesome uh, players there. Like, you know, with, with uh, Brett Brope, who was just a huge, huge leader on that, that team. And, um, and so I think, you know, to your question about how was it with Bill, I think the biggest thing was everyone was kind of pulling the rope in the same direction. And it was, uh, everyone wanted to win. And so I think, uh, I mean, we still joke and laugh today with, with some of the, the, the guys that either were, uh, you know, played a lot or a little, uh, you know, we still kind of, you know, valued and, and had that same relationship with everyone. So, yeah, I think, I guess in, in summary to answer about playing for Bill was Bill expected, you know, everyone's best so you know it didn't matter how much you played or or if you didn't play um as as much as as others he he always expected uh your best again um you know putting the team first uh and foremost so Aaron when you, when you heard the news this week uh, what what are some of the memories that rushed back into your head about Bill maybe even off the ice or on the ice or what are some of the memories yeah i think I, the first year that I met Bill Brown was the year that we was that 2014 year. And so actually a lot of the memories I have with Bill was that was the foundation of our friendship, but that was just the beginning point. I honestly, I think of um, how loyal Bill was uh, to his players and, and to his friends. And, um, you know, he, he really um, was such a, a strong support and, and uh, definitely encouraged uh, encouraged me um a lot and and so i'm really thankful for for bill and uh in that in that sense and i think some of the memories that come to mind was was sometimes we were able to share uh with him on the golf course um and then all obviously with his with his battle here um and i share that as a as a fond memory of bill because he 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 kind of approached his battle with cancer like he approached you know, every day he was going to make the most of it and he was going to meet as many people good uh, throughout it and, and really have an impact. And, and so, yeah, I think for, for Bill and I, we were really able to share a, a share a common faith uh, in, in his, in his later years. And that was, that was definitely special. Something that I'll, I'll always remember with Bill for sure. Aaron, you mentioned uh, Bill, you know, really backing players. Um, and for you, that's special because uh, you went on to play with Ryerson. And I know around the office when, when Bill was, was in the office, he came up to visit me in the newsroom and said, Hey, Aaron's playing this weekend. You got to make sure you're, you're covering that. But uh, you know, I mean, that's the thing is, is if he saw something 
he he would pursue it until it happened. Yeah, no, you're you're exactly right, Steve. He was, and that's that's one of the, I think, just the most admirable traits with Bill was just how he would he would put his neck out on the line for you. He knew, you know, he was always in your corner, you know, and it and it didn't mean he would go out of his way, um, you know. To, to to do whatever he could to help you and and um, and that's who who Bill was and and I have many stories of how Bill you know would call or text or or even you know you know practical examples of you know when he would make make calls and, and different things to really um, do whatever he could for for all his players and that that wasn't just um, just um, you know, with players in, in say the hockey world, I, I remember times of, of job references and, and different things and those elements that he was happy to help you out in, in whatever circle of life uh, that he could. And, um, and Bill also had an ability to have fun. I remember when I was coaching in Teeswater, uh, you know, he'd always be asking, you know, you know, you know, or call me, call me if you, if you need any help with the power play, the penalty kill, whatever. And, and what ended up happening was Bill and I ended up having a lot of fun just chatting about uh, uh, players and I would introduce him to some of our guys at Teeswater. And he just, he ended up just becoming and fitting right in even with those group of guys, just because of the the personality that he, that he was. So he was just, uh, yeah, just a, a real glue guy. Uh, Bill was. He certainly was. And, I mean, one thing that was evident when you talked with Bill, especially about hockey or like you mentioned, golf, his other great passion for sure, uh, was just how passionate he was and how much he cared about people beyond the rink. And that's what makes those type of coaches and, and people in the game like yourself, Army, you know, so special. And uh, I know now, you know, you're doing scouting work like Bill did in the OHL for the Owen Sound Attack. I'm sure that you probably picked his brain a little bit on some of the things that he did as a scout, something he was extremely successful at outside of, you know, the coaching realm. What were some things that you maybe went to him for in terms of scouting at that level, something that he did extremely well? Yeah. Uh, Ryan, it's, it's, uh, it's funny you mentioned that cause that that's exactly actually my first year when I, I, uh, earned a scouting, uh, opportunity there with Owen sound. I, I sat down with Bill in his kitchen and, uh, and, uh, and we just chatted and I just asked him for his advice from years scouting in the OHL. Um, and you know what? And he said, he said, you know, Aaron, you're there to give an opinion, you know, and, 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 and on a play. And he said, you know, and he shared examples of when he maybe shared his opinion and it wasn't the common opinion uh, or the consensus in the room, but he said, you got to stand up for what you believe in. And, um, and so I always took that with, uh, from Bill was, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, if you believe passionately about a player or about what you see, you really got to trust yourself, um, and kind of move forward with that. And, and so, yeah, I, I, I remember that fondly and he actually shared some stories, uh, from his experience working with Warren and, and the relationship they had and, and, and Windsor there and, and what it, you know, the ultimate, uh, kind of, uh, epitome in junior hockey there of, of winning the Memorial Cup. So that was, yeah, he was very proud of those. Aaron, I, I, I wonder as well, just in terms of, you know, how passionate Bill was about the sport, you know, you talk about 
you know, seeing him living every day, like, you know, to the fullest uh, during his, his battle with cancer, which has unfortunately taken bill from us. Um, you know, one of my fondest memories is, and Steve, you can jump in on this is, you know, Brownie coached a lot of teams. He coached a lot of players. And even during times when he was sick and was getting treatment, he would never let you know. And, he came back and ended up coaching again. I mean, it was just unbelievable. And I remember just asking him, you know, bluntly after I, you know, a couple of years developed a bit of a relationship with Bill myself, just kind of bluntly asked him, you know, why, you know, why, why are you doing this? Because initially he came in and started doing some consulting work with some of the junior teams and then ended up coaching again. And he just kind of plainly said, it's what I do. This is what I know. And, and this is where I want to be. He, he just loved the rink and, and, you know, Aaron and, and Steve as well. You'll remember that, you know, very well as well. Just all of us going, this guy just, he just can't stay away. He loves it too much. Yeah. yeah. No, Ryan. And, uh, you know, the, the neat part about Bill and his, and his battle was there that, uh, you know, he, he was able to really enjoy some good years there as he, as he fought it and, and like you said, it's remarkable that he got back out on the golf course and he got back behind the bench uh, and coached. And, and, and I think it's a testament to, um, you know, how many people were, were willing to have him join their organization was, uh, was remarkable. And that's because of the relationships um, that he built within junior hockey. So, um, yeah, you know, and I know you're going to hear from Louie later on uh, tonight, um, you know, reminiscing with, with Louie and just all the conversations that, that Bill uh, had and, and was always chatting about strategizing and, and he just really, truly loved the game. Um, but I think if you were to ask Bill deep down um, and I was able to, you know, develop this relationship with him was I, I really think that he loved uh, going to the arena because of the people that was there. You know, even when Bill was in the hospital, or on the golf court, wherever he was, Bill loved people. He could build a relationship with, uh, you know, it didn't matter who it was, you know, uh, whoever he came in contact with, find something that they had in common, and and then they would, uh, you know, end up uh, drawing a connection there. And so I think, yeah, you know, when you talk about Bill and his love for hockey, and, and I'd say you're, 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 uh, you're, you're right on there, Ryan, and uh, yeah, it was special. Army, I know, uh, you know, you mentioned how much he loved people and, and Steve, he was such a big part of our CKNX family in terms of doing sales and, you know, people all over this area, no bill in that respect. And, you know, it, but it ties into hockey as well, because Steve, I know you were sharing this with me recently and, you know, everyone I'm sure in the area familiar with our cherry bus lines, OHA hockey broadcasts, um, Aaron Armstrong was of course a very big fixture on those for a number of years, especially the year you broke the scoring record. Um, Steve, I remember you telling me just recently, you know, when, when that broadcasting of hockey games at CKNX was first getting off the ground and all the way through up until now, Bill was such a huge part of that. Right, Steve? Yeah. You know, it all started in 2004 when Listwell uh, made their way to the Cherry Cup final. And uh, at that time, uh, there was a decision to kind of put a crew together and go ahead. And, you know, at the radio station runs on advertising and Bill was in sales. And, uh, and Bill was very, very energetic about getting local junior hockey on, on the radio. Now, 
pre my time, they had done a wing of Ironman run just the year before as, as well. Um, but really the list part of it was the springboard and bill worked very hard to make sure we had what we needed uh, to continue with the broadcast through the years. And he actually joined us in the broadcast booth a few times. Uh, the Walkerton Alliston head to head battles in the Schmaltz cup quarterfinals. Um, and of course we saw him, as you mentioned, Brian on the bench, many times he coached in Kincardine, he coached in Walkerton, Wingham. Um, he helped out a, a lot of other teams, uh, even did some spring hockey, uh, throughout uh, his tenure, um, through the hockey world. So it, you know, he showed a passion, um, but Aaron's right. The people made his day when he could go to the rink, see the smiles and see the success of people when they came off the ice. Yeah, I completely agree. And, you know, one thing that always struck me about Bill, you know, dealing with him when he was coaching was if you asked him some questions, you know, just about a certain play or, or a particular player, even after the end of a game, Bill would never say anything negative uh, about any of the players, e even if it was, you know, a mistake on the ice, anything like that. He refused to bring it up in post-game pressers. Um, he only ever had good things to say about his players in that respect dealing with him from a broadcasting sense. And uh, yeah, you guys are right. You know, so many great memories. And uh, one of my favorite memories of Bill is, you know, celebrating the end of one of our recent OHA junior hockey broadcasting seasons. And, you know, all of us got together, the crew of us uh, at Krabby's here in Listowel, and we were having a good time. And Bill was able to make it over and, and stop by despite being, you know, pretty tired from, from treatment and everything. And uh, everybody was really excited that he showed up and he kind of jokingly asked me, you know, been a long season, you know, how do you keep yourself energized, you know, screaming into a microphone like you do all year. And I kind of jokingly, but also somewhat seriously said, well, you know, there's a lot of McDonald's around bill and he, I'll never forget this. He looked me up and down and then said, yeah, that actually makes sense. And I just, I just thought that that was funny. That was one of the fun, the funnier times that, that Bill would make you laugh. And, uh, but at his core, just an extremely special human being on or off the ice. Aaron Armstrong, former wing of Ironman, current scout with the Owen Sound Attack. Uh, we really appreciate you doing this, Army. You were one of the first people, like I said, that we thought to reach out to when we heard of Bill's passing. And we really, really appreciate you joining us and sharing some of your great memories with Bill. Thanks a lot, guys, for having me on. Bill was one of a kind. We're all going to miss him. So, Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Uh, as I mentioned before, we will take another quick break here as we continue to celebrate the life and times of our friend and the friend of many, Bill Brown. We will be joined next by his former coaching partner and longtime close friend, Louis Livingston, coming up next here on MWO Sports, brought to you by CoolBet.co. This is MWO Sports. Welcome back to MWO Sports, brought to you by CoolBet.co. Ryan Drury, still alongside Steve Sabern and Chris Clark, as we continue to celebrate the life of our friend, Bill Brown. And we are joined by one of Bill's closest friends, former coaching partner, golf compatriot, uh, Louis Livingston joins us now. Louis, how are you? I'm fine, thanks. Uh, it's kind of a sad, sad day to say goodbye to Billy like that. But, you know, I know he didn't want to be suffering like he was and so 
rest in peace is the best thing I can say for Billy. Absolutely. And I mean, Louie, we just got done talking with Aaron Armstrong, one of the former players uh, that you guys were part of that coaching staff with in Wingham and uh, chatted with Warren Reichel as well, who he scouted for in the OHL. I mean, uh, just what, you know, from your perspective, we've heard a lot about what Bill was like as a coach, as a scout, as a mentor to guys like Aaron Armstrong, of course. What was he like away from the sport, though, that he loved so much? What was he like as a friend to you for so many years, Louie? What can you say about Bill as a friend? Well, all you have to do is start talking to Billy. And, you know, we would have lots of social time after a hockey game. And, you know, you walk into a bar and, you know, the guy would be sitting next to him and out comes the hand and he shakes his hand and they say, what's your name? You know, and the guy, you'd introduce himself, and my name's Bill Brown. And the conversation would just start from there. And if he was from Wingham or Owen Sound, it was golden because he'd say, do you play hockey or what's your dad's name? And from there on, you'd be talking there. You'd luckily you'd get him out of there by the end of the night because that's the way he was. He was a people person. He could talk to anybody, and he just – love to socialize and talk that's that's billy louis how long have you known bill and what are some of your earliest memories of bill um i've known him for um well i was going back to 1997 and i'd known bill before that but bill was a manager of the wing of iron back then and he hired Todd Bender and myself to coach the Ironman back in 97. And that's how our friendship started in hockey. But I'd always read about how a bit of a hockey player, ball player, Billy Brown was. Everybody knew Billy Brown. Louis, when you look at, uh, look at your relationship through the years, um, Bill was a very passionate person. We know that. From a community standpoint, what else did he do in the community to help out? Because he just he wasn't at the rink all the time, probably 99% of the time, but um, he, he had a special place in his heart for the community. Oh, yes. He, uh, he'd always do anything for, you know, if you're at the golf course, any kid needed to help or anything for putting, hitting, Brownie would be there to help out anybody. You know, even on the ice with the kids when we were coaching, he was the first one to stay after. You know, he, he was a good centerman, and he was always working with the guys on face-offs. Just everything, just everything to make somebody better, Brownie would do that for you. Louie, in terms of you beginning your relationship with him, you know, you mentioned with the Wingham Ironman and all through the years, surrounded by the game, surrounded by sports, surrounded by his love of the community. What was that like for you in terms of working with him in the game and also having that relationship with him outside the rink? Uh, you know, what, what are some of your favorite memories in terms of working with Bill within the sphere of hockey? Well, there was a lot of miles that we drove back and forth going to the rink. And you know right well after a hockey game, you know, Brownie, first thing out of his mouth after the game, let's go for a beer. 
You know, he'd want to go up and socialize. And so that's where he would start. He would get in there and he would get talking with somebody about the game. You know, he, he loved doing that. He'd ask what we did wrong that night. And then on the way home, that's all we talked about is hockey. And there'd be a few other things we'd talk about, but hockey was on his mind a lot of the time. You know, uh, he always said it, he loved he loved hockey, he loved golf, and he loved work. And I guess he put those things in priority and, you know, that's that's the things that he loved the most in his life. Hey, Louis, do you know why he had such a love for the Buffalo Sabres? I'm curious to find that out. He had a good friend with Paul McIntosh. Hmm. Went back a lot, a lot of years, and Paul McIntosh played with Buffalo Sabres. And... Uh, that's how that started, and uh, to this day, they're very, very good friends. And they did a lot of pranks on each other, you know, through the years. They've done a lot of good things, and they've done a lot of different things. But uh, that's how he got to the Buffalo Sabres. He still loves them. He, you know, uh, he was watching them there that, just this past week, and I was talking to him about it. And I bet you Bill would probably have a lot of thoughts on how they're playing right now. He's he's probably a guy you could put behind the bench and help out a guy like Jack Eichel a little bit. I bet you Brownie would get them turned around right quick. Yeah. I remember years ago when CKNX started doing the Ironman games back in 03. And uh, Brownie was doing the play-by-play for them. And it started down in Dresden when we were playing. And then he went off, we went on to Grimsby and he was a colorful commentator doing hockey games. And I remember the one time, I think it was one of our good hockey players was coming down and one of their defensemen, he said, he went around him like a hoop around a barrel, you know, and just to commentate, you know, the, the adjectives that he would, he would have all the time. He, he was just. He was colorful. That's what he was. And he just, that, if he wasn't coaching or playing, that was the next best thing. And he loved that too. You know? Louis, when you look at, uh, you know, moving forward uh, in, in a friendship, um, what were, I guess, some of the attributes for you that uh, you will miss um, as Bill Pastel, uh, passed on? Well, you know, just having somebody to talk to all the time, you know. If, uh, I remember one of the games in, in Penetang. We'd won in Wingham. And things were, it was a good series and things were going good. And so on our uh, drive home, he says, uh, we got to change the lineup. I says, why would you change the lineup tonight? you know, for the next game. And he says, we got to get a checker on the first line because we got to do something different in Penetang. And we, we, we just got to, we can do it. So, of course, we put Justin Jacklin up on the top line. I think he scored the winning goal that night, you know. But that's just the way he was. And he was thinking all the time, we got to do something different. We got to outsmart them. And that's the way he was. 
Certainly was. And, and Louie, he, he had a great intuition for the game, but like we've heard from Warren Reichel, Aaron Armstrong, and now yourself, the biggest thing about Brownie that I, th- I think that we'll all miss is that he had a great feel for people. Uh, he could just make a connection with somebody effortlessly. And I think that's something that we're all really going to miss. Uh, Louie, we really appreciate you joining us here tonight to uh, share some fond memories of uh, your friend and ours, Bill Brown. I have one little good story. Uh, when we did uh, put a Walker in, in the final the one year, Brownie was just getting so excited on the bench. And, you know, the finally the seconds were ticking down and he comes down off that bench at the end of the game and he slipped with his nice leather shoes and he slipped on the, on the you know, the water on the bottom of the bench. Down he goes and he, <laughs> He's in a lot of pain and he could hardly get out to celebrate, but he still celebrated with us as long as he could that, that night. Finally, uh, we had to take him home. And the next day, Sunday, he went to the hospital and of course he got an x-ray. And that night, Alliston and Penetang were playing and we were going to scout them. Brownie had to go on crutches. He had to go with us. He wanted to watch that game and see how it went, but he had to be there. And we took him to that game, and you know that's that's just the way he was. <laughs> love of hockey. He certainly did have a love of the game and uh, a love of all of his friends, his players, his former co-workers, his colleagues, of course, his family as well, and numerous friends all over the area. We are all going to miss Bill Brown. Louis Livingston, we really appreciate this, buddy. Thank I you have, so much. I have another little tidbit. If it's... Please, please share. Sorry. I, I, it's, it was another series in Walker and... Brownie before the game. So Brownie's just getting French fries at the booth. So he's talking to the lady, which he always was talking to. And so Brownie says, how are they going to do tonight, Walker? And then she said, well, we're not even worrying about Wingham. We're worried about the next series. So Brownie puts that in his mind. And so we're having our pregame talk and nothing about the systems are nothing, Brownie just says, you know that the lady in the bench at the food booth said, they're not even thinking about Wingham. So he said, the heck with the lady in the booth, we're going to win this game. And that's all it took for the players. They just, and on the bench, he'd be saying that and stuff like that. And it, you know, it was just the light and the load and he knew when to do those things like that. But that was another good one. But the other thing about on Sunday when Brownie passed away, I, uh, from our 2013-14 team, I had to have at least 20 to 25 texts from the players on that team to text me and tell me how much they're going to miss Billy Brown, that how much he meant to them. and how much they just loved him so much as a coach, as a person. And I got this one thing. We scouted uh, a player down in in Waterloo that year. His name was Ryan McNeil. He came from Chicago. and We wanted him to come to Wingham. And finally he did. And he texted me Sunday and he said, 
I heard the news about Brownie and I was thinking of Brownie's family. He said, I'm eternally grateful for you bringing me into the Ironman family, the relationship that I and my mom and dad have are truly based on the kindness of Brownie and yourself. You'll be truly missed. And those, you know, that's just what things like that happen with Brownie. You can have that effect on everybody. And that, that just made it so comforting to hear all those players talk about that. And that's the way he'd, he'd want to sign a player. He'd want to go to that kitchen table. He'd want to go to the house with the parents and the kid, want to talk to him, sit at the kitchen table, get to know the kid and see what kind of a person he was. That's You're absolutely right, Louie, and, and the outpouring of support's been unbelievable. I think uh, we can't say say it any better than that, really. With Brownie, I, I think it was always personal in the best way, and yep. uh, I think that says it all. Louie, we really appreciate this, my friend. Thank you. I hope I didn't uh, bore you with anything too bad or everything was all right. Absolutely not. It was fantastic. Thank you to our friend, Louis Livingston, for chatting about uh, his friend and ours, Bill Brown. Uh, real quick before we go this week, uh, Clarky, some of uh, maybe one of your favorite memories with uh, with Brownie. Yeah, I golfed with Bill a couple of times um, and, and definitely remember how good of a golfer he was and how, how many people he knew. And, uh, you know, I, I I took over. I don't want to say I took over for Bill at CKNX when it comes to sales because no one can take over for Bill. But um, when Bill had to leave the radio station because of his battle, um, I did do sales and had all his, a lot of his clients. And just the people who constantly asked me how Bill was doing, um, it really resonated how 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 uh how much of a guy he was in the community and how everyone knew him and loved him absolutely well said steve yeah you know it's funny uh starting out here at cknx bill was one of the first personalities that i met and he was a personality um we sat side by side a few times in the broadcast locations as i mentioned earlier in the show uh, but he always had a throw in the Rick Generate references of his beloved Buffalo Sabres in every broadcast. You knew it was coming at some point, and uh, but it was a real treat to listen to because he had true insight to the game, and it really helped me along. I can say certainly the same thing, and uh, I'm sure he is watching his Buffalo Sabres from up top. Mayday, mayday. I'm sure he is singing it upstairs. Uh, as uh, we remind you, you can uh, catch this show Friday nights at just after 6, uh, unless the Maple Leafs are playing. Uh, then we start just after 5.30, lead right into Leafs pregame on CKNX AM 920 on Friday nights and CKNX ca you can catch us on all the best podcast apps of course we are on social media at mwo underscore sports and you can also catch us on youtube friday nights starting at nine where it premieres there and of course you can watch us friday nights today sunday nights at nine with our friends on whiteman tv for myself ryan drury steve sabrin chris clark our producer adam olivero our friends warren reichel aaron armstrong louis livingston and his friends and family all over the place, not just within the hockey world, but just within this world that we all share. We say thank you and rest in peace to Bill Brown.